Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is Preview Day for the 2023 Italian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and this week Formula One sends off the European season with one of world motorsport's oldest and most famous circuits, Monza. The Cathedral of Speed is all about just that. Power, acceleration, velocity, aerodynamics? Never heard of it. It's for people who can't build engines, as Enzo Ferrari used to say. But Max Verstappen's Red Bull racing car has enough power and aero to start the weekend favourite, as always. And if he wins, he'll claim a definitive piece of history for him and his team. Meanwhile, off-track talk has been dominated by Lewis Hamilton finally agreeing to a deal to stay at Mercedes and into his 40s. Is this the contract that'll get him the magic 8th World Championship? To wrap up a busy first day in Italy, let's hear now from your host in the Monza paddock. It's Luke Smith. Hello and welcome to Pit Pass F1. My name is Luke Smith, Senior Formula One writer for The Athletic, and I am back on podcasting duties for the next four days from the Italian Grand Prix at Monza. The end of the European leg of the calendar is always quite a significant moment of the season. It's the last times that we see the mighty motorhomes out in the paddock and the teams make the most of their creature comfort before embarking on the run of final flyaways to close out the year. It's also normally around this time of year that the final pieces of the driver market puzzle begin to fall into place, and Thursday at Monza offered us one of the biggest announcements yet, even if it was also one of the least surprising. Early in the afternoon, Mercedes announced that Lewis Hamilton had finally put pen to paper on a new F1 contract that will keep him with the team until at least the end of the 2025 season. As part of the same announcement, Mercedes also confirmed that George Russell will continue to race alongside Hamilton through the same period, locking both drivers in for the next two seasons. For many weeks, Hamilton had been saying there were no updates to give on his future and batted away questions from journalists asking to see if there was any news to give. But he revealed on Thursday that it was last weekend at Zandvoort where the contract was finalised and everything was set for them to put pen to paper. It was always inevitable that Hamilton and Mercedes would agree to fresh terms. After all, this is the team that has given Hamilton the bulk of his success in Formula 1, including 6 of his 7 world titles and 82 of his 103 Grand Prix victories. Mercedes is also Hamilton's partner in a number of charitable efforts, all aimed at improving diversity within motorsport as an industry, meaning this goes far deeper than a simple driver and team relationship. On the track, Hamilton has dug deep and vowed to help Mercedes turn things around amid its current struggle to compete for wins and championships against Red Bull after going a little bit wrong under the new regulations debuting in 2022. Hamilton put it on Thursday as unfinished business. I thought that was a really strong signal of intent from Hamilton about what he wants to achieve going forward with Mercedes. There is so much more to do and that big, big thing, the unfinished business, is a record-breaking 8th World Championship. Of course, that eighth title really nearly came at the end of 2021 and the Abu Dhabi controversy, Michael Massey failing to properly implement the regulations, Max Verstappen overtaking Hamilton on the last lap of the race and denying him that historic moment. Although it was something that obviously rocked F1 and did stew on Hamilton's mind for quite a while in the immediate aftermath, 
He denied on Thursday that the decision to sign this new agreement was in any way influenced by what did happen in Abu Dhabi. But Hamilton did concede that he never expected to still be racing when he was in his 40s. I remember many years ago, Hamilton always said, nah, I won't be here when I'm 40, saying there was so much more he wanted to do with his life. We know that he's very active off track, be it through his fashion or his music, and he's very more dimensional than just being a Formula One driver. But Hamilton has surprised us many times through his career and surprised himself. He admitted he didn't expect to still be in such good physical condition, nor to still have the same kind of love that he holds for Formula One and the sheer enjoyment of racing and doing his job. By the time this agreement is up at the end of 2025, Hamilton will be just a month away from his 41st birthday. And if he continues to race with the same love and passion that he so clearly has for F1, then he could well keep going beyond that, maybe into his mid-40s. Hamilton cited the former NFL quarterback Tom Brady as being a source of inspiration to him, proof that elite-level athletes can keep going way into their 40s and do so at the highest level. Brady retired from American football at the age of 45 in January. And I wonder, will we see Hamilton still racing when he's the same age in 2030? Hamilton's new contract was unsurprisingly the big news story of the day, meaning the FIA press conference was dominated by questions to the Mercedes driver. After all, it was the first chance we'd had to talk to him since the news was announced, making it a very useful time for the entire media corps. But after a series of questions to Hamilton about his contract, when I followed up with another question, looking to ask him how he found the process this time around, he'd got his management more involved than previous years, he has a new manager as well in Penny Tao, he batted it away. Before I even finished asking the question, Hamilton suggested that I ask a question to the other four drivers, saying it wasn't really fair on them that they were sat with him and yet he was the only one getting questions. But none of the other four drivers had just signed a big new contract and ended speculation about their next move in Formula One. Anyway. I turned attention quickly to Alex Albon, asking him a question for another piece The Athletic is working on about James Vowles and his impact at Williams. And then I cheekily suggested that Lewis could also chip in if he so wished, the two obviously working together at Mercedes for many years. It raised a laugh from both drivers, particularly Alex Albon, who also wanted to be sure that I was genuinely asking him a question. I was, so thank you Alex, and I guess thank you Lewis, because without that, I wouldn't have got such a good answer out of Alex about James Vowles' impact. Anyway, away from Lewis Hamilton's new contract, the big talking point heading into this week's Italian Grand Prix on track is Max Verstappen's date with destiny. Sunday could see him become the first driver in F1 history to win 10 successive Grand Prix, breaking the record he currently shares with Alberto Ascari and Sebastian Vettel. Verstappen has never been one to get hung up on records or numbers, and there's really no sign of any added nerves or tension just because of the approaching landmark this weekend. To him, it really is just another race. But one thing Verstappen did talk about on Thursday at Monza was suggestions that the Red Bull RB19 car has been designed more around his driving style than that of teammate Sergio Perez. Last week at Zandvoort, Perez spoke really well actually about how he felt the development of the Red Bull had moved slightly away from the characteristics that he likes from a car, chiefly the sharpness that he felt from the strong front end of the chassis. That has always been something that Verstappen has appeared to prefer from his cars, famously hating understeer, saying before that you will never have a quick car that is understeering. Mercedes boss Toto Wolff was left perplexed by the 1.3 second gap between Verstappen and Perez in qualifying at Zandvoort on Saturday, calling it odd and bizarre. 
What could explain that? Could it be that the car is more suited to Verstappen and by design? Well, that's something that Verstappen denied. He said that he finds it hard to properly explain what his driving style is and that he simply does whatever he could to make the car go as quickly as possible and adapt to its characteristics no matter what. It's worth noting that his ability to catch the rear of a car when the front end is overly strong and really, really pointy is something that not many drivers can do, yet Verstappen has clearly mastered at Red Bull. It makes him more capable of handling the demands of the Red Bull car, and if the development has gone more in that direction, it would only serve to widen the gap to Perez as we've seen in the past 10 races. Now, of course, the Italian Grand Prix is such an important weekend for Ferrari. There are two other Italian teams on the grid. We've got Alfa Romeo, who will be running a special livery this weekend, with the Italian flag on the rear engine cover as a nod to the new road car that's being launched, as well as Avatari, of course, based not too far away in Faenza. They celebrate their real home race this weekend after Imola's cancellation back in May. But this is where Ferrari really has bore its heart and soul in Formula One. And understandably, as the tens of thousands of Tifosi flock through Monza's gates over the weekend, Ferrari's current form is also going to be put firmly in the spotlight. Those fans will expect a big, big result. They've grown up watching Michael Schumacher so successful in the red suits. They've seen the likes of Fernando Alonso, more recently, of course, Charles Leclerc winning the Italian Grand Prix for Ferrari. And even if a repeat result isn't really possible this weekend, given Ferrari's current level of performance compared to that of the dominant Red Bull cars, it's still a celebratory weekend. Ferrari will be running a tweet livery over the weekend, incorporating more yellow into its red-based design as a nod to the successful 24 hours of Le Mans hypercar that won the famous race in June. Leclerc and Sainz will also have similarly themed race suits that they will be hoping to be wearing up on the podium on Sunday in front of the Bain crowd. Now, victory may be out of sight for the Scuderia, but the battle to be second quickest at Monza should be very, very close. Last time out, it was Fernando Alonso and Aston Martin who claimed that honour, finishing the race second behind Verstappen in the wet. But Alonso pointed to Ferrari and quite a surprise team, actually, as being a real threat to Aston Martin in that battle for the podium this time around at Monza. And that other team was Williams. Now, we know that FW45 car is an absolute rocket in a straight line. And even last year at Monza, the team did so, so well. Had it been Alex Albon driving instead of Nick De Vries, who made a last minute debut and equipped himself very, very well, helping secure that AlphaTauri seat for this year. Of course, only lasted 10 races there, but it showed that that car was so, so quick. Had Albon been driving it with all the experience, with all the skill that he's got, it would have probably been a top eight or top six car. Ultimately, of course, he was ruled out with appendicitis, paving the way for De Vries' debut. Now, Albon said on Thursday at Monza that he thought the team could be more competitive this weekend than it was at Monza in 2022. So should that be the case, then perhaps Fernando Alonso's suggestion Williams could be in with a shout at a podium might not be too far off of the truth. If Williams could do that, it would be a huge, huge story and a big opportunity as well for Logan Sargent, who is looking for his first F1 points and to bounce back after his disappointing double crash in both qualifying and the race at Zandvoort last weekend. Now, before the cars head out on track at Monza on Friday, we got a chance to get a taste of La Pista Magica in a special event put on by Puma on Thursday evening. 
Running the racetracks is always one of my favorite parts of a Grand Prix weekend. It's something I love for my mental health, my physical health, and it's just a really cool thing to do. It's something that I think as a paddock, we maybe don't really appreciate as much that you can literally go and run a racetrack whenever you want on a Grand Prix weekend. That's pretty damn cool. But it is usually quite a solitary activity. You'll normally head out on your own, maybe one of your mates, you won't really sort of run together, complete your lap, and then you come back into the media center and then head home. But tonight, Puma arranged an event called Faster Monza that brought together many members of the paddock and even some fans to run the circuit all together. It was a really lovely way to get everyone running. We all had these white t-shirts bobbing along and it was great to see just so many people lined up on the start finish straight, ready to run all together. And it was just a cool opportunity to check out one of racing's most iconic tracks and get a real appreciation for its history. And of course, burn enough calories for the obligatory pizza at the end of the day. Yes, I am living my best life in Italy. Anyway, that is your lot for Thursday at Monza. Please make sure to join me once again on Pit Pass F1 tomorrow after practice for the Italian Grand Prix. I will talk to you then. Thanks very much to Luke, who's living his best life on behalf of all of us this weekend in Northern Italy. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Italian Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Luke on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.